This week, we have another full slate of games to look forward to. Luckily for us, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has us covered with so many different ways to get in on the action. DraftKings Sportsbook is based right here in the U.S., not offshore, so you know your funds are safe and secure. Plus, they have new odds, boosts, and promotions on your favorite sports every day. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever, whenever, you don't even have to leave your house. And for those where sports betting is not yet available, head to the DraftKings app and check out all of their daily fantasy contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SI when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's code SI to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. This is the SI Fantasy Podcast. He's going to see his production decrease at least 15 to 20%, so I think he might actually be a fantasy bust in 2020. Head to SI.com slash fantasy for all the latest news, advice, and more to help you win your league. I look at his athletic ability, his explosiveness. He's very good in the red zone. He's able to get you those touchdowns. I mean, this guy had five touchdowns and 30 receptions. That's pretty much unheard of. Don't forget to subscribe to SI Fantasy Plus for even more content you won't find anywhere else. Every single running back in his first year as the featured back under Andy Reid dating back to 1999 has been the RB10 or better. How can we go wrong here with the glide, guys? Here are your hosts, Corey Parson, Dr. Roto, and Michael Fabiano. What's up and welcome inside the SI Fantasy Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, Michael Fabiano, and Dr. Roto. Another NFL Sunday in the books. And we got two Monday afternoon evening football games to get into today. Mike, what's going on? How was your Sunday? Uh, it was all right, man. It, it was a little weird. It got off to a, a strange start. We had some guys that no one in their right mind would own in fantasy score a bunch of points. Uh, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, it did pretty well. How about you guys? Doc? I, I had a good day. <laughs> I think uh, DFS-wise, I faded Alexander Madison all over the place. Good I went job. with a leverage play and took uh, Cousins and my boy Justin Jefferson. Free Justin Jefferson. My new free comment JJ. is free Irv Smith. You know, I, I, I told I, – the one guy I didn't play in seasonal and I regret it was T. Higgins. I had him on my bench. And I don't know if I could do that anymore, guys. Man, he is legit. Yeah. Yeah, he's been playing very well. And, hey, A.J. Green was resurrected. I love that, that because I think it keeps his ownership. I think it keeps Higgins' ownership down. Yeah, Higgins is not even owned in 50% of leagues on ESPN, which is crazy to me. That is wild right there. And you know what? I, I was going to I was, I was going to get to A.J. Green at some point, but since you brought it up, he did, like, you know, I, I didn't think he was going to be able to battle through the hamstring injury. I think he did. I think he showed some fight, and I think he went out there, and he had a good game. And mind you, I cut him already, so I'm not really worried about it because, <laughs> you know, I got him in a couple places where I'm – I'm pretty stout at the wide receiver position, Chase Claypool and stuff like that. But um, this a bounce back. Is this, is this bounce back legit, or do you think it's just about a game script thing, Mike? I mean, it, it was good to see him get back in the good graces. I mean, you know, looking at the numbers, he played 58 offensive snaps, and he was tied for actually 
T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green all ran the exact same number of routes in that game at 32. And the targets were there, too. I mean, A.J. Green led the team in targets with 11. So, and I get it. Listen, we, we, we've kind of gone back and forth on him where, eh, he's washed, you know, he can't really start him. But he's not completely washed, and there's going to be some weeks where A.J. Green actually shines, which is what happened in this one. Tyler Boyd was more of the guy who was held in check. So, I'm not saying that A.J. Green needs to be owned across all fantasy leagues because that's clearly not the case. But it was good to see him bounce back. And we've got the bye weeks coming up here right in the middle of them. you got four teams coming off this week. So I feel like with Cleveland coming up, I mean, the matchup maybe isn't all that great. Uh, A.J. Green's probably a wide receiver three flex, but you're not starting him with any kind of confidence. Right now, I mean, the best fantasy receiver in Cincinnati is the rookie, right? I mean, Tyler Boyd's right there too, but Higgins has been damn good. Yeah, Doc Higgins, Higgins, real good. That's your guy. Um, you seen Green bounce back. Joe Mixon, ah, not really the best. Um, and then you look at the other side of the football. Jonathan Taylor's, you know, still plotting along. What do you think about this Marcus Johnson performance yesterday, though, and some of the other things you saw from this game? Well, look, the Colts couldn't do what they wanted to do. They wanted to establish the run, but they couldn't when they got down. And I think, you know, we talked about this. You know, Fabs was all in on the Colts, but I think when when Darius Leonard is out. And it's not the Fabs was wrong because the Colts defense has been amazing. But when well, that, that's Leonard what is I out, said, Doc, I said yeah. with Leonard out, when man, Leonard that defense is, out, when is way different. Di- different team. It's a completely yeah. different team. Leonard is singularly the greatest linebacker in the game right now. And I don't care what anybody else says. He is the best linebacker in the game because he does so much. Right. So here, Hilton is just not the guy that he used to be. Philip Rivers had a great game that people were shocked because of the game script. But I think the guy to really watch here is Trey Burton. This guy looked sensational. They used him on a one yard plunge. I mean, he was active. And, and you know, you didn't see, I mean, yes, you did see Jack Doyle, but Mo Ali Cox was inactive. I think Burton is the guy that people want to go out there and get. Yeah, the thing that stinks is that the Colts have a buy coming up. So, like, you can grab these guys and stash them. Like, I don't know if Marcus Johnson's worth adding at this point uh, because they're not playing. But Burton might be that guy where, you know what, all right, I'll grab him. I'll wait a week, you know, and wait for him to come back in week, uh, week eight. That's a good strategy, though, guys. I think yeah. getting a guy now, you pay less because people yep. don't want to pay top dollar because they mm-hmm. don't want to wait a week. But if you're yep. willing to wait one week, you get the benefit of the player moving forward. No, I agree with that, and that, so that's, that is a good strategy right there. So Burton is a name that's going to be on that list. You might be able to sneak him out there for a cheaper price. So um, I think that was interesting. Uh, Mike Lamar Jackson came back yesterday, had 100 yards on the ground. We saw, you know, not really monster passing numbers, but he did throw a little touchdown shovel. But we definitely, if you were if you were a Lamar Jackson uh, fantasy owner and you feel you got to feel better today about, you know, it's probably your best overreaction Monday of the season. Well, it's funny, too, because uh, my co-host on the Sunday Sirius XM show, Rick Kamla, who's a great guy, uh, he was like, boy, Lamar Jackson's been the biggest bust in fantasy football so far. And I guess you could have made that argument, right? I mean, he just hadn't been living up to expectations. It was good to see him get back to running the football because much like just about every single running quarterback, guys, like that's that's where their value is. If Cam Newton doesn't run. He's an average fantasy quarterback. If Lamar Jackson doesn't run, I mean, he's still an above average fantasy quarterback, but he's not nearly as good. That's why we love these guys, right? Because they're versatile. Running quarterback, guys who can run with the football at the quarterback position simply have more value. And that's obvious. And the projections going into this week were down across the board for Lamar, right? He was on pace to have fewer carries, on pace to have fewer rushing yards, on pace to have fewer rushing touchdowns. So it was good to see him get back. I will say this, after the bye, I mean, the schedule is not kind. He's got Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, hopefully Darius Leonard will be back, and then he's got New England. 
So it's tough sledding. Late in the season, if you can get your fantasy team with Lamar Jackson to the playoffs, giddy up. Week before, Cowboys. Browns, Jags, Giants. That is a solid schedule. Doc, Gus Edwards still carried the ball 14 times yesterday. Right, but I mean, and I don't root for injuries, but I think the Mark Ingram injury is actually going to benefit the Ravens a lot. Mark Ingram just doesn't look like the same guy, and I've been saying that all season long. I wanted no part of him in leagues. Gus Edwards is a bowling ball, and J.K. Dobbins needs to be out there. And I think the Ravens are a better team when Dobbins will be out there. Now, if you had Mark Andrews in your lineups, it was a severe disappointment because you know the Eagles can't cover the tight end. They didn't use Andrews properly. Marquise Brown struggled out there because Slay was active. That was a disappointment. But Lamar Jackson seldom has bad games in a row. So, I mean, the Eagles are terrible. I mean, they really are a terrible team. So his success didn't shock me. It was the lack of success for Brown and Andrews that shocked me. But moving forward, keep your eyes on Edwards and Dobbins, because I think they need to play more and Ingram much less. Hey, Doc, can we talk about the tight end position this this weekend, too? I mean, look at the guys at the top. Anthony Fersker, (laughs) Trey Burton, Darren Fells, Adam Shaheen, Logan Thomas, Nick Boyle. I mean, geez Louise. Like, these guys are not started anywhere. So it was kind of, unless you have, obviously, you know, George Kittle. And Gronkowski actually came back and had a pretty uh, pretty good week, his best week by a mile from a fantasy standpoint. This is a tough week for some of the top tight ends. I mean, Zach Ertz has absolutely disappeared. He got hurt. They got a Thursday night game. You're probably not going to get him in the game this week against the Giants. Boy, tight end has gotten tough, man. It's always been tough, but this year, whew, it has been tough sledding, boys. Yeah, and Doc, 10 targets for Ertz. The targets were there. Four receptions, 33 yards. Uh, targets were also there for Travis Fulham. Well, he's pretty good. You know, I think I know Fab's bit on him in, in, in the Scott Fishbowl, and he Fab's was right was right. Fulgham is good. I mean, I watched. It's funny. After last week, I went onto YouTube and I watched him play at Old Dominion. I looked at some highlights because I missed on this guy. Right, I was like, who is this guy? He looked pretty good. The only interesting thing is he's pretty. He's old. I mean, this is not a twenty-two-year-old yeah. rookie. This guy is, uh, you know, almost as old as I am, which is not never a good sign. But you know, look, Ertz is injured. Miles Sanders is injured. Dallas Goddard is due back in week seven. If Ertz is out for any period of time, I think Goddard goes right in that lineup. I think I'm worried about Miles Sanders injury. You know, look, the Eagles are reeling right now. And you look, Wentz has looked terrible in the first half of every game. And then he comes out in the second half and plays well. You know, if he has a bad second half, your boy Jalen Hurts is going to play at some point. (laughs) <laughs> and you know what? Wentz has actually been very good fantasy-wise. He has. Right? I mean, was he at four games in a row with over 20 points now, three or four games? And the schedule, uh, talking about Fulgham, and I had Fulgham in a few leagues. Obviously, in Scott Fishbowl, I started him. In another league, I benched him because, well, Baltimore, I'm thinking, is he going to do it again like three weeks in a row? Look at the schedule, guys. Giants this week. Okay, I mean, the Giants have been terrible against the pass. But Dallas, then you got the Giants again. At Cleveland, Seattle's been brutal. And then you've got Green Bay, New Orleans, Arizona, Dallas, and Fantasy Championship Week. Like, legit, Travis Fulgham could end up being that league winner at wide receiver this year, which is amazing because not many of us, outside of Jake Seeley, who actually went to Old Dominion and knew who this guy was, not many of us knew who this dude was a month ago. Shout out to the all-in kid, Jake Seeley. Oh, yeah. Um... Oh, I lost my train of thought. But, Doc, I want to talk about – I want to get to Tennessee and Houston, right? Very good game on the slate yesterday. I don't understand what Romeo Cornell was kind of doing at some spots in the end. 
between Watson and Tannehill, we see eight touchdowns. Derrick Henry is a beast. You know what I mean? And when Will Fuller is right, man, he can really go. Yeah, I think people are surprised by these things. The Houston Texans' run defense has been awful yep. all year long. I mean, a sieve. And Henry, they barely used him earlier this week. And I think it's because they knew they were going to run him amok yesterday. So he was a fantastic start in DFS. You played him on DraftKings. You're my rich friend today. I think what people didn't see coming was that Tannehill and Henry could both have good games, right? Yep. And they did. A.J. Brown had touchdowns. He didn't really go off. Ferkser had a good game, but only because Janu got injured. So, I mean, and sad to see that because John has been really good. But for but let me just say this for the, for the Texans. Deshaun Watson is terrific. Will Fuller's terrific. Fells is a good play when Akins is out. When Akins is in, Fells is a zero. I am so done with David Johnson. That was a bad I'm look. Done. Done. You got a touchdown, no doc. I, you know what? I, yeah, it's you know it's like saying that, but when you watch him play, he looks terrible. It's like David Montgomery. Oh, he had twelve fantasy points. Come on, the guy's running in quicksand. It's bad. Yeah, they've got Green Bay coming up, though, man. I mean, David Johnson's going to be in a good spot. I get it. I agree with you, Doc, but sometimes the matchups dictate whether you're going to start a guy or not. And unfortunately, with four teams off and injuries, I mean, David Johnson's going to be in a lot of starting lineups. Let's let's talk about what about Brandon Cooks, though? The resurrection, man. I mean, the last two weeks, he's had 21 targets. 21 targets. I'd be so scared to put him in my starting lineup, bro. To be honest with you, 100%, I'd be so scared to put him in my starting lineup. Well, who do you think Jair Alexander is going to draw that? Because that's the guy you don't want to play coming up. Because yeah. he's been pretty, he's been pretty good. But Brandon Cooks, I, listen, man, I like and and I came into it thinking, you know, Brandon Cooks might actually end up being a decent bargain because if you were drafting him as a four, I mean, yeah, he's still Brandon Cooks. I mean, the guy was bad last year, but overall, he's had a pretty good career in the league. And isn't it amazing that the Houston Texans that offense looks pretty good and Bill O'Brien ain't running it anymore. Funny how that works out, right? You know, know, Sony, Fab said something interesting, Jair Alexander. There's so much bad analysis out there right now. People are like, Mike Evans didn't have a good game. He wasn't that good. He was being covered by uh, – Alexander might be a top two cover guy right now. Very good. I mean, he is as good as it gets. He's fast. He's strong. He's in, in, in great spots. That was no shock that Evans doesn't have a good week. Now, in terms of Fuller, well, Fuller's got speed. I mean, that speed kills, and he can make, score in a broken play. But if you think Fuller's going to have one of those six for one twenty games, not going to happen with Alexander. No, uh-uh, no, he, he, he no, uh-uh. that's a that's a different level of talent right there. Like you said, the speed kills, but that is a different uh, level of talent right there when you look at what he's what he's able to do, Mike. Um, we got. We got a um. We got we got we got we got McLaurin. Excuse me. We got McLaurin back yesterday. So the Kyle Allen McLaurin thing. You know, twelve targets, seven receptions, seventy four yards. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about that. Dontrell Lemon had some nice plays too. You know, obviously a modest fantasy outing. But you know, the the thing with McLaurin and and then um was uh I'm glad to see him back in the in action. I think yeah. he's safe for the rest of the season. Right, and I mean the, the week before, I mean tough matchup, you know Ramsey and the Rams. So you kind and of Alex Smith him. coming in that kind of stole the show. Right, right, exactly. But I mean, yeah, he, he was targeted a bunch, twelve targets. I mean, you know, fourteen point four points. I mean, you'll take that from your wide receiver too. Uh, in most weeks, not bad at all. Inman uh, came in, he had five targets. Did you see the catch though that Logan Thomas made in the end zone? Kyle Allen, he threw him a beautiful just teardrop pass from heaven. And Logan brought it in. That was a that was a great catch. It's too bad that Logan Thomas can't be more reliable. But yeah, I mean, McLaurin is a guy that you're starting week in and week out. He's going to have his ups and downs because of the quarterback position. Kyle Allen's not going to be the most reliable guy in the world. But you know who they got next on the schedule? My beloved Dallas Cowboys. Our beloved Dallas Cowboys. And that defense stinks. So 
you may end up seeing Kyle Allen in some two QB leagues. You may see Kyle Allen in some DFS lineups for those who want to be contrarian. And uh, Terry McLaurin's probably going to be in a smash spot there against my boys. What do you think, Doc? And then I want you to touch on J.D. McKissick, too. Yeah, I mean, McKissick was in my visionary plays. I, I told people I liked him this week because he was in a good spot because they don't give Gibson more than like 15 touches. Yeah. But I learned a couple of things. So firstly, I, let's talk about Ron Rivera. Was that a bad thing? Riverboat Ron. <laughs> I, I thought it was I, honestly I think it's a good move I, I think mean, it's the way to play it's a way to play you know you, your team is young you want to show them confidence maybe they lost this time but next time it shows that I try I, I believe in you guys so I, it never bothers me when he does it. it's not like this team is a playoff team but I want to get to a bigger point for people who are playing DFS so I had a lot of good lineups yesterday but some of my bad lineups had Juju Smith-Schuster that was horrible and then my others had the correlation of Antonio Gibson and Evan Engram, right? Because the the uh, Washington football team bad against tight ends. Gibson going to catch a lot of passes out of out of backfield, uh, you know, with Kyle Allen. But here's here's a piece of advice: stop playing guys on bad teams because bad teams don't put up fantasy points. Sometimes they do here and there, but they're not reliable. And I just don't want to be in a game that's a thirty nine, right? I mean, that was your best bet of the week, exact right? The under in this game. I want to be in games that are over, not games that are yep. under. And that game would have went over too if it wasn't for that uh, riverboat. was for riverboat run, you know what I'm saying? So I uh, caught a break with that one. Kind of got lucky across the board yesterday. That means next week it's going to be brutal. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, just and it comes and it goes. You know what I I'm know, saying? Man, I know. So the Minnesota Vikings and the Atlanta Falcons are evil twin sisters. Yeah. Like they're like mirror images of each other. Matt Ryan throws for four touchdown passes. Kirk Cousins throws for three touchdown passes. He also throws three throws three picks. Todd Gurley was okay. Julio Jones went off. Ridley still got an end zone. Love seeing Hayden Hurts get it done. Uh, 11 targets for Justin Jefferson. He is becoming the absolute man. Madison was a big letdown. Oh. But other than that, I you know, for the most part, I think we got what we thought we would get outside of Madison for, for from fantasy, Mike. I'm taking credit for Kirk Cousins, all right? He was in my stardom and sit him column. And in the first half, I like to do it sometimes. I like to do this sometimes on Twitter. You remember how like Bart Simpson, you know, at the end of all the, the Simpson intros, he's like, I'm the chalkboard writing, you know, I will not spit on the teacher or something like whatever yeah. it is. So I, I put out there, I will never start Kirk cousins again. I will never start Kirk. Cous-. And I, I, I did it trying to be funny, but also, and I I'm, I'm kind of weird like this. I feel like sometimes you do something like that and it alters the fortune and it doesn't. Okay. I'm just an <laughs> idiot and I'm a little superstitious. So I went out there and did that. At that point, cousins had like negative points from that time on, he ended up scoring like 24. So I'm going to take the credit for Kirk cousins because I said to start him, I felt terrible in the first half because a lot of people listened to me and he sucked. And I threw out the reverse kibosh jinx, whatever you want to call it on social media. And he ended up having a good game. Kirk Cousins will drive you nuts. He will drive you absolutely bonkers. Now, Minnesota's on a bye this week, so uh, you're not going to have to worry about making that decision. But on the other side, Matt Ryan, four touchdowns. He got his buddy back. Julio Jones came back. He looked freaking amazing. And now they've got Detroit. Now, if there was triplets, right? You were said like Falcons and Vikings are like the mirror images. Detroit's kind of in that in that image as well. That's going to be a barn burner. Yeah, right. Stafford, Galladay, Ryan. I mean, you're going to start all the guys in that game. No question about it. So Matt Ryan is back in our good graces. 
Would you agree with that, Doc? <laughs> well, I'm going to take some credit for Justin Jefferson because he was in my visionary. Free JJ. Free JJ. He was in my stardom column yeah. too, man. See, Doc, we're thinking alike, bro. We are, which is good. I think, you know, a lot of people are – now, in DFS, I did fade Alexander Madison, right? Really? I did because you have to nice take a job. stand at a guy who's 50% owned, right? So, you know, I, I figured if he did well, I would lose. If he didn't, I'd, do, I, I'd win. So that's, that's what you do. It's a leverage play. Kirk Cousins is like the eighth ranked fantasy quarterback, which is a shock to everybody because he's been so bad. But garbage time is is what fantasy you know managers want. They want the garbage time, and they got it with Jefferson, and they got it with Thielen. I think Irv Smith needs to get way more involved in this offense for Atlanta. I think Fabs is a hundred percent right. When you have Julio Jones Roto out there, it changes everything because now teams were keying on Ridley and Ryan was keying on Ridley, and now the the offense was way more diversified. Gurley was who was who we always thought he'd be, twenty for yeah. forty seven, right? But <laughs> Jones and Ridley and Ryan, I mean, played very well. Now here's the key: the Lions blitzed a ton. This, this week. If you watch any of that game, Gardner Minshew was pressured literally every time he stepped back. If the Lions pressure Ryan, there could be some very big plays in this game or Ryan can re- revert back to who he is. So have to watch that closely. Hey guys, you mentioned the garbage time. I want to get your opinion on a player. James Robinson was doing nothing, right? And he, he this matchup was pretty good. And I get it, game script, right? Uh, this is two weeks in a row he's gotten game scripted out, but he had the garbage time points at the end. So his numbers weren't terrible. Do you feel like we maybe missed the window on selling high on James Robinson? Tackle that first, Doc. I think, um, yes, because he had that huge game with, against Miami. So that was when you needed to move him. But at that point, you're like, wow, this guy's a star and I need to keep him. I, I think he's a running back three. And in some teams, he's a running back two, depending on how deep you are at the position. But I think you're right, Fabs. I think he's four receptions for 20 or 30 yards. He's 50 or 60 rushing yards a week. I mean, he's like a, a 10 to 15 point player and you're hoping he finds the end zone. Is that enough to win a league? Probably not. But if he's your RB2, you know, you, you can live with it. I I would agree with I would agree with all you guys on that. I just I still think, like I said, like Doc said, if he's your RB two, you can live with it. I just it's so difficult when it comes to dealing with the running back position, especially as we get into the bye weeks and injuries start to mount up and stuff like that. You kind of just like my 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 guy would always say, the guru. Sometimes you just got to suck these players up and live with them and throw them in your lineup and hope for the best. You know what I mean? And and I think that's what we're going to be. With, that's where we're going to be at with Robinson kind of ROS for the rest of the way. Yeah, I would um, tell you this, though, guys. If he has one more big game, get rid of him. Get I'll float him. him. Baltimore and Chicago, 15 and 16. The last two weeks oh, of that's the fantasy bad. playoffs. That's bad. Get yeah. rid of him. Yeah, no, no. That, that, that makes perfect sense right there. Phil Lindsay came through yesterday in a game with terrible quarterback play. Mike, I'm going to bring up Brandon McManus, and you don't have to bring up kickers yes! this week. Yes! <laughs> yeah, listen, man, I don't care what you guys say. Kickers can help you win, all right? They can help. I'm, I'm telling you, man, like, I, listen, I'm a traditionalist. I've been playing fantasy football a long time, just like you guys. And I have a lot of friends who are either current NFL kickers or were NFL kickers in the past. Hey, man, you know what, dude? They can help you win. Brandon McManus at one point was outscoring Lamar freaking Jackson. <laughs> it was crazy. But and, and it's funny, too. McManus tweeted something out about the low ownership and the low starting percentage that he had on ESPN. And I like that, man. When guys get into it like that, I think that's a lot of fun. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. And McManus and the Baltimore Ravens defense kind of have bailed, kind of bailed me out yesterday. I had some, I had some spots that didn't go well. Doc Cam Newton didn't look particularly good yesterday, but he did run the ball for seventy six yards. The passing out of Cam was 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 not to be desired. We saw James White and uh, Demir Bird. Well, not really Demir Bird, but James White kind of got involved. The Tim Patrick thing is interesting. Our, our buddy Nando Defino, you know, he, he was over there at the Athletic, and man, I tell you, the Athletic. Bronco beat writer last year was banging the table for Tim Patrick. Listen, only four catches on eight targets, hundred over hundred yards. But you know, it's interesting. But really, it was Lindsay. Nothing really to see at fantasy wise. But I don't like the way Judy looked right now. Well, I mean, is it is it fair to say that Julian Edelman is the best passer on the Patriots? It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I've you know anybody who's followed me knows I can't stand Cam Newton as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he doesn't run, Fab said he was average. I think that's being generous. I mean, he is bad, right? And Cam always put, when when they, when they're behind, he's got this way of getting great garbage time production. I get that, but man, to rely on that guy every week is brutal. And if you have Julian Edelman, he's killing your fantasy teams. You know, Harry killing you. So, I mean, it's so hard to trust any Patriot outside of Cam Newton. That said, I was very happy for the Denver Broncos. I thought they played very well defensively. I agree about Tim Patrick. I think that he was getting very overlooked, but you had Sutton and you had Judy. So where did he fit in? You know, so it'll be interesting when Fant comes back because he's been, he's missing the last couple of games. I think he's closer. Um, look, Philip Lindsay, a good player. And I think that, you know, when Gordon is there, it, that's that thunder and lightning. I think those guys can get 15 touches each, which, you know, fantasy football managers hate that. But I think that the, the Broncos are a better team for it. I happen to like Drew Locke. I think, you know, our guy Darren Sumner liked Drew Locke coming in. You know, Darren's a big winner in high stakes. So these high stakes guys know things. Locke is somebody to keep your eye on. So eh, I'm looking right. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm moving on right now, excuse me, to the to Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. And, boy, I tell you what, Baker Mayfield is not a good football player. He's not. He's, He's not, not a good football player. Because they got man. pieces on this off. They got pieces on this offense, and I think they're coached well. I just think he stinks, bro. Cool. And I'm a, I'll be honest with you, I was a Mayfield guy, yo, coming into last year. What did I tell everybody after Odell went nuts against the Cowboys? Trade him, right? He's been awful the last – listen – Baker Mayfield is such a bad quarterback that Kevin Stefanski has to run the ball 60% of the time or whatever the percentage is, right, to mask his inefficiencies. And yesterday we saw those inefficiencies front and center against Pittsburgh. You put pressure on Baker Mayfield. I don't care how good the, court, the, the offensive line is. He is going to make mistakes. Why is OBJ a bust from a fantasy perspective in Cleveland? Baker Mayfield. I'm telling you guys, man, because Baker cannot be put in a position where he's got to shoulder the load of that offense because they're going to lose games. And I, I, I've joked around on my Sirius XM show earlier on in the season. I'm like, you guys wait, just wait. Case Keenum's going to freaking start games for the Browns. And I was half kidding, but I was half serious too. And I'm telling you right now, guys, Case Keenum is going to start games for the Cleveland Browns. Because Baker Mayfield, the good thing, he's got Cincinnati coming up this week, so the matchup's not bad, right? I mean, they they beat up on Cincinnati in the ground game a few weeks back. But Baker Mayfield is not a good quarterback. When he gets up against tough defenses, I'm not going to say elite. I don't think there's an elite defense in the league. But tough defenses, like, 
he he crumbles, man. And then the following week, the Browns play a crappy team, and he he, he does okay. Oh, Baker's okay. No, he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> if the Browns make the playoffs, no, he's not. He is going to get his rear end handed to him. The Browns are definitely uh, regretting making him the number one overall pick a few seasons ago. I'm telling you that right now. This guy has done more commercials than he's done anything for fantasy owners since he's been in the NFL. If I see that that video of him dancing in Oklahoma again, trying to look cool, I'm gonna throw my I'm gonna throw my telephone out the window. <laughs> and Doc, I'm a, it's it's kind of a perfect segue, Doc, and I want you to get into Steelers a little bit too. But if the Cleveland Browns do make the playoffs this year, Case Keenum will be the quarterback. Well, Case Keenum, I think, is going to be the quarterback next week uh, because it's a great week to get uh, Baker Mayfield healthy, right? Because those ribs were pounded on by the Steelers, who were all over him. That was my best bet of the week, guys. I mean, I thought that was an easy. That was a layup. I mean, the Dolph. I didn't even want to pick the Dolphins because that was just too easy. So I picked the Steelers. But I mean, with all the injuries the Browns had, and the Steelers were coming at them with everything they had, it was it was hard to watch that one. So I think Keenum does start <laughs> next week. For for Pittsburgh, Keenum had his best season yes, as a pro. Under I believe Kevin under Kevin Stefanski. I'm on the Twenty-two yeah. touchdowns and seven interceptions. I yeah, believe makes off sense. the top of my it, head. It totally yeah. makes sense. I mean, look yeah. for the Steelers. There's a lot that happened yesterday that's going to annoy people. Eric Ebron should have had a big week. He didn't. Juju should have had a big week. He didn't. You know, did you do anything wrong by starting those guys? No, they had great matchups. The, the, the it was the right play. That said, Chase Claypool is a weekly starter. He's in that T. Higgins bracket. You start him every week. And, I mean, who knew that James Washington was going to look so open? Who knew Benny Snell was going to find the end zone? I mean, the Steelers were just firing in all cylinders. Ben Roethlisberger didn't have to do anything yesterday. So the Steelers are really good. I just think that injury to Devin Bush is going to be tough for that defense. Let let, let me ask you something, Doc, though, because, boy, Juju's been a disappointment. He's been a, a huge disappointment. And when you have a guy like Chase Claypool, who is the real deal, and you've got a guy like Deontay Johnson who has drawn a ton of targets before he went down, and hopefully he'll be back sooner rather than later. Uh, I think this, this, this week's matchup against Tennessee is going to be an absolute barn burner. When you've got James Washington, who Roethlisberger trusts in the vertical passing game, what is Juju going to be the rest of the season? Like, I feel like he's like a wide receiver three. I have only one share of him because I didn't believe in him, and I benched him this week. I just don't believe in him right now. I mean, can fantasy owners start this guy with any kind of confidence? Or, like, I feel like he's a matchup-based starter, and the matchup actually was pretty good this week. No, the matchup was great. I mean, the Browns are not good against slot receivers, yeah. so this should have been a juju week. I mean, it made all the sense in the world. You know, and I always say, don't confuse the result with the decision. You know, that was taught to me by uh, Tony Sankata years ago on Sirius XM. I'll just say this. Juju, I agree with you, Fabs, is just one of those guys that he's my wide receiver three. And if I've got a fourth guy on my bench who's got a really good matchup, I might look and see mm-hmm. if Juju's hanging there up by a thread because I there's the, the trust factor is just not there right now. In Pittsburgh's offensive hay for fantasy purposes, you knew it was A.B. You knew it was Lev Bell, and you knew it was, oh, I forgot, I forgot the other wide receiver's name. I see, I, in me, it feels like now in Pittsburgh, you don't know outside of Claypool who it's going to be. Is that correct to say that? Yeah, I, I would think that. And but James, but I feel James like Connor. oh yeah, and Connor. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, James me. Connor. Yeah, he's been great. But I, I'll say this though: once Deontay Johnson comes back, are we going to be able to lean on Claypool? I, I wonder that. I mean, like Claypool's been amazing, but Deontay Johnson was also the most targeted Pittsburgh wide receiver going into yesterday, and he's missed time. He's been targeted a lot. So did the Steelers completely go away from him? I mean, like, that is Chase Claypool a guy you sell high right now? No, Fabs, th- think of Deontay Johnson like Emmanuel Sanders. 
Okay. That's the kind of, he's a great route runner. And Sanders, what do we go? Six for 70 for the Steelers most weeks and a touchdown, you know, eight, seven or eight for the year. That's who I think Deontay Johnson becomes. Nice. I like it. I like it a lot. Carolina and Chicago yesterday, they had a, he just was, this was one of the plays that we, we went in on on. I feel pretty good about the Bears. I'm not a Bears guy, but without MVP Mitch back there, I feel much better <laughs> about the Bears. Um, we kind of know what it is with the Bears, Montgomery, and Allen Robinson. Montgomery, uh, geez Louise, man. Crying out loud, you're playing Carolina, and you give me, what, 12 points? But do, Come on. What do you want? I mean, you, you, you got, got stopped at the one twice. I, I, right, I know. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you got, But I mean, still, I got, you know, in Carolina, for crying out loud, g- give me more than that. Jeez Louise. That's why people can't trust this guy. <laughs> Listen, I'm warming up to David Montgomery. I am. Dude, are you crazy? Seriously, I'm warming are you crazy? Up to him. David Montgomery is terrible. Nick Foles is terrible. Allen <laughs> Robinson is one of the top receivers in the league. The guy goes five for 53 against a Panthers secondary that was decimated by injury. You've got to be panic, panicking right now if you're the Bears, except their defense is that good. Sacking them, sacking Teddy B and intercepting Teddy B. This offense is awful. Doc, it runs better with Nick Foles. Well, it, it couldn't one, one run worse. I mean, Trubisky might be the worst quarterback in the league. I mean, he and Baker Mayfield are rivals. Nick Foles isn't much better, by the way. When, when, when we're looking at bye weeks and running backs coming up, listen, I'm not a Montgomery guy, but I feel better about him this year. Well, Court four passes yesterday. Come on now. Take your 12 points so we can be happy. <laughs> Carolina, <laughs> Carolina yeah, I mean, the it, most receptions out of the backfield. And how many did Montgomery get? Four. I mean, that, that's a good week. Great job, David. Keep it up. <laughs> I, just, I have a hard time trusting him, man. Like anybody who can't get it done against Carolina, who plays a featured role. I mean, geez, Louise. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater came back down to earth a little bit yesterday, Mike. Yeah, he did. But we were expecting that. He was a sit him in my column this week. That's yeah, that's easy. true. Get him back in your lineup this week, folks, because they got New Orleans revenge game. And then they've got Atlanta the following week. So, like, remember, the NFL is is ridiculously week to week. Yep. So, yeah, Bridgewater sucked last week. We kind of expected it because the Bears' defense is really good. So, like Jared Goff is – I'm not playing him. I don't like Jared Goff anyways, but uh, he's got Chicago coming up this week, right? So that's a game where I- I'm fading him. Most of the quarterbacks going up against the Bears are going to be fades for me because that defense is just playing at a very high level. So, I, I mean, Bridgewater is is owned, I believe, in fewer than 50% of leagues on ESPN. And with four teams on a bye and Dak Prescott out for the season, I mean, like, and Baker Mayfield stakes, right? You weren't starting him anyways, but in two QB leagues. I Listen, go out there and play Bridgewater this week. I promise you he's going to give you a nice stat line, and he's already a bargain in DFS. Fabs, Saints, Falcons, Chiefs, Bucks, Lions, and it's Vikings coming. before his bye. Doesn't get much better than that. It's coming. Pretty good, brother. It's coming. Uh, Dr. Roto, DeAndre Swift, 14 for 116, two touchdowns, eight yards a pop yeah it's the the lions are so frustrating because tj hawkinson had a great matchup the guy gets two catches galladay has a great matchup and he had his one big bomb on on a broken play you know you wanted them to throw the ball but they didn't need to and it's painful because you know you might have started all your lines you might have stacked your lions on DraftKings, and and you didn't win and that's that's a shame but you would have won if you played swift now look Adrian Peterson, I respect his ability, and he's a Hall of Famer. 
but I think you, he's you about to be put a, him in retirement though. He's got to be. A five, <laughs> he's got to be a five to ten touch guy. He's got to be a five to ten touch guy. You know, he's a goal line back, but look at what Swift did. Swift jumped over the entire defense and scored that that plunge. I mean, he is he is a difference maker. And if the Lions want to compete and Patricia wants to save his job, the more Swift, the better. Mike, when you look at the other side, I mean, we love we like these wide receivers. You know, we didn't get the production we wanted, but, you know, um, you know, out of all of them. But a ton of targets, you know, excuse me. And then Chenault is uh, coming along nicely, too, and obviously DJ Chalk is the guy. Yeah, I was bummed out. I, I thought Chenault was, was going to produce better numbers than he did. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. He had yep. 10 yards receiving. So that was one of those, well, swing and misses for a lot of fantasy owners, including myself. But... Chark didn't do much, but I mean, the targets, like you mentioned, 14 targets. Keelan Cole was the guy. I actually liked Keelan Cole until I find out that DJ Chark was uh, going to play. And I'm like, all right. I, so I faded him in one league and I started him in another league. Ended up having uh, over 20 fantasy Didn't I mention Cole in the podcast? Because Detroit's terrible against. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, we, we, talk, we, we probably talked about him. Uh, at that point, you know, DJ Chark with the ankle. Uh, I, I was actually kind of surprised that, that he was even active in that game and, and was targeted so much. But I feel like one thing we need to bring up, like uh, um, Gardner Minshew, okay? Like he's had, he's had one really bad game this so, so far from a fantasy perspective. And you're looking at his numbers and you're thinking, oh, this guy could end up being uh, a nice matchup-based play. That's what he's been this year. So he's got the Chargers coming up. The Chargers coming off a of bye. The Chargers are right up near the top in, in terms of giving up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. But... They gave up a boatload to Drew Brees, right? Which, I mean, you can forgive. It's Drew Brees. They gave up a whole bunch to Patrick Mahomes, which you can forgive because he's Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Tom Brady had five touchdowns against him, but he's the greatest quarterback of all time. What do you guys think about Minshew this week against the Chargers? I like him. I like him. I'm running Minshew, out Minshew scares me, though. He just scares me because, because he is every he single has week. Moments every, and he has weapons. Right. Every single week. It seems like, oh, the matchup's great. And and the matchup was really good against Detroit. I mean, he didn't have a huge game. What do you have, like 18 points? Uh, and, and he had to throw the ball a ton because they were behind. But, I, I, like, Mitchell's going to have his games. I don't know, man. Against the On the road, you travel across the country against the Chargers. I mean, obviously, it's only Monday. We're just talking about that. But, but Minshew has got that, like, that Ryan Fitzpatrick, like, implosion thing yeah. about him where every single week you're like, I like him. But boy, man, there's a little risk involved. Yeah, Fabs, you're totally right. I, I think you feel kind of dirty when you play Minshew because yeah. <laughs> you just don't know whether what it's going to be, right? Is he going to throw for 197 and a pit and two picks? Is he going to get 300? It, it's almost like game flow dependent. And he was actually pretty bad in this game. I mean, it got better in the second half, but right. you know, it's really hard to trust him. But I, I think you know when there's bye weeks and there's injuries. He's look. I'm starting him in a dynasty league. I lost Dak Prescott, so I'm, I, I traded for Gardner Minshew. What was my choice? So I think he, you're playing him at a desperation, not out of need, and not out of need. Yep. Agreed. Uh, New York Jets. Historically, we're starting right. to get to that. Oh, do we really have to talk about the Jets? Can no, we no, we're starting to get on? because we, I'm, I'm not going to mention <laughs> too much about the Jets, but we're starting to get into the historically bad conversation right now when it comes to the New York Jets. Mike, your boy Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know what I mean? Decent, three touchdowns, I, I was kind of picks. bummed out. I thought he'd be better. I mean, he was I thought like, so he had too. three touchdowns in the first half, and I'm like, oh, boy, Fitzpatrick's going to go bananas. Then he ended up having two picks and scored, what, 16 points. I mean, uh, uh, that, that's below average from a from a fantasy quarterback at this point. But 
the Jets are an absolute, they're a mess. They want to go 0-16. They're not going to fire Gase. They want Trevor Lawrence. It's going to happen. Maybe Trevor Lawrence should pull an Eli Manning and be like, hey, Jets, guess what? I'm not playing for you. You know, like, <laughs> if you really want to go to the Jets? I mean, geez, Louise, that's that's an absolute nightmare there. But, I mean, Jameson Crowder didn't have a good game yesterday. It was the first time he, he was really held in check all season long. And he's still the only guy you're going to be starting from there. You yep. know, Gore and P. Ryan. Like, Gase won't give up on Gore. It doesn't matter. Like, maybe like you want veteran. to see what you got in P. Ryan. He, Gore is going to continue to play. Chris Herndon has absolutely disappeared. He's been on a milk carton. Everybody else in that on that team is, is trash. Joe Flacco should be retired at this point, oh, right? God. And who the Jets got coming up? I think it's Buffalo. If you got Buffalo's defense or if defense is on the waiver wire, you better pick that team up because that is a very good play. Doc, your boy, Bashar Perriman had eight targets yesterday. I, I know you met, you had mentioned him in the past. And also, um, Adam Shaheen um, got a touchdown yesterday. Um, I didn't know what – Yeah, I thought he was out the league. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and uh, Miles Gaskin ran and caught the football well. Yeah, I don't hate Perriman. I, I think if you're in a very deep, like, four-team, 16-team league, he's probably uh, on your uh, on the waiver wire. I picked him up in the FSGA league the other day, you know, in a 14-team league. Look, is he good? No, but he should get five catches a game. You I mean five for 60? That's 11 points. Not going to kill you. For, for Miami, look, I liked Adam Shaheen when he was with the Bears. But, you know, he was always injured. And now he's, he comes in as the second tight end, and they, they use him in a goal line plays. So, I mean, are you going to play him in a PPR? No, in a standard league, you're not going to play him because you're hoping for a guy secchi. But I think the guy to really say, you know, that we were wrong on is Miles Gaskin. I mean, I had no interest in him, and I had liked him at Washington. I thought he was a good player, but that he never got an opportunity. But Chan Gailey comes in and says, this is my guy, Jordan Howard. We barely see, have seen, and they spent all that oh money on him. Oh, my God. That was so terrible. Crazy. So, I mean, Gas- but Gaskin looks good. So, what can, you're not taking him out of the lineup. I think people are saying, well, why do they get go for Le'Veon Bell when they had Gaskin? Because, you know, Bell's a star, and that, and that's worth it. You, it's worth chasing after him. But that's going to be pretty good. That- that's going to be one thing. Sorry to cut you off, Doc. That we're going to have to talk about on Thursday, man. Is what is going to happen with Le'Veon Bell in that Kansas City backfield? That's going to be very interesting, folks. Um, Aaron Rodgers was bad yesterday. He started good, but he was bad, and it kind of took the whole offense down. Ronald Jones was the man in that game, though. Yesterday, Mike, uh, twenty-three carries, one hundred and thirteen yards, two touchdowns, and your boy Rob Gronkowski. He looked pretty. I know. Yesterday, yeah, dude. He, he looked pretty. <laughs> he looked good, pretty two thousand thirteen-ish. Yeah, he did, which which is great. I mean, and you know, uh, the Bucks had their full complement of of weapons in the passing game too. Uh, you know, as we talked about, Mike Evans was kind of taken out of there by Alexander, which is understandable. Uh, Godwin had got to share of the target. So like, listen, I'll admit it. Gronkowski was good last week and, uh, he's probably going to end up being a guy who's, uh, in some starting lineups moving forward here, uh, because well, the position is just that thin. So, and they've got the Raiders coming up. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how the Raiders do against tight ends off the top of my head, but I will certainly, uh, be checking that out. But Gronkowski is back on the, on the starting radar. He probably has been for the last, uh, week or two without question. But remember we talked about Ronald Jones last week and I was joking around with doc and I'm like, Watch Leonard Fournette have the big game. And Leonard Fournette was inactive, and Ronald Jones took full advantage. Green Bay's defense against the run is garbage. They are terrible. This is why I'm not going to fade David Johnson this week, even though he hasn't looked all that good. The matchup's very, very favorable. But, yeah, man, I mean, Rojo, like, if you kept the faith and you drafted this guy, he has really been uh, as good, if not better, than advertised. I just still wonder what's going to happen when Fournette does come back and he is 100%, but the Buccaneers haven't needed him so far. Um, what do you think, Doc? You know, look, you know I hate Rojo, but 
uh, you know, Fabs was right. Fabs called the Rojo game, but I we had thought that it was possible that Fournette was going to play. But if you, you know, looked at the inactive list, the minute he was inactive, Rojo became a great play. And that's why you want that late swap, which some sites like GK have and other sites uh, haven't because they, you know, it's been a little rough out there. Just throwing that out. Oh, my God. Dude. <laughs> yeah, I can't even press, see. Bro. Dude, uh, what is it? My fan oh. tracks league. Like, it's this oh, is two son, weeks. It's crazy. The yes, flex, the JC league now. joints, this will make no sense. You have to fit. Look. You had a week. People are are, are not, people may be forgiving. Really, not with with fantasy, but they would have forgiven one week. By the second week, you had to figure this out. I this mean, that's on no you. Sense. That's that's terrible. Yep. But you know, look, did Gronk look good? He looked really good. And and I think you know, Godwin was getting his sea legs back. We know why Evans didn't have a good week because of Alexander. I'm saying this: the Lightning just won the Stanley Cup. The Rays are in the World Series. Could we have a Tampa trifecta this year? Just throwing that out there. Oh man, it's it, it's possible, man. It's possible. It will it will be interesting. What the hell happened to Cam Akers yesterday? I have no idea. I like we all thought. Well, you know, McVeigh McVeigh's even said, "Hey, I don't know where Cam Akers in a little bit." Really, really? How many touches did he have in that game? I mean, <laughs> so I, I Daryl Henderson. This this backfield. This backfield and it's Mike Gesicki. I can't I can't swear. Drive me bleeping nuts every single freaking week, right? I like Kasiki this week. He's got a great matchup. He sucks. Then the next week, Kasiki's got a bad matchup. I fade him and he puts up good numbers. He drives me absolutely. He has been the bane of my existence. And this Rams backfield has been the bane of my existence because we're all waiting for Akers to take over at some point. And guys, it does not look like it's going to happen anytime soon. He didn't get any work in this game. And it was all Daryl Henderson. Malcolm Brown was the number two. I give up. I'm just starting Daryl Henderson every week. I don't give a crap. Whatever. That's it. Very, very frustrating, Doc. Very frustrating. It's brutal. I mean, come on. You have Cam Akers and McVeigh goes and says we're going to get him more opportunities. And then and then they give him nothing. I mean, that just makes no sense. They to gave him more opportunities to watch the game from the sidelines. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I, so look, you know what the crazy thing is? Next week, if Akers gets 10 carries, are you, who's going to be shocked? It, nobody. Because you just Nobody, because you just don't know. So here's the best advice. Try to trade Henderson now, trade Brown now, trade Akers now if you can get anything what i probably do is package them with a bet with another player for a better player all right it's time to start to get ready to wrap this up and get out of here mike let me get a couple thoughts on waiver wire and the two Monday night football games we got oh boy well it's going to be very weird for me because i'm on the west coast and uh, oh, yes. that, that first game starts at two o'clock right it's like it's like afternoon playoff baseball for me it's going to be awesome so I mean, listen, it's a chalk game. You're going to start the guys you're going to start. It's going to be a high-scoring game between Kansas City and Buffalo. It's going to be a high-scoring game between uh, our beloved Dallas Cowboys and the Arizona Cardinals. I think the Cowboys are going to lose this game. Very interested to see what Andy Dalton does in this game because Arizona's actually been pretty tough on quarterbacks uh, so far this season. Both both very chalky. I think Christian Kirk could end up being a nice play in this one because the Cowboys' defense has just been so brutally bad. Waiver wire. And there's not much. And I am going based on ESPN percentages. And some of these players shock me that they're not owned in most leagues. So Teddy Bridgewater first, not even owned in 40% of leagues. Go get him. Okay. He's got the Saints in Atlanta. We talked about the schedule. Gardner Minshew is still available in about 40% of leagues. Fitzpatrick, same thing, but he's got to buy this week. Ryan Tannehill is owned in 53% of leagues. What the, do you want to win your freaking fantasy football league or what? The guy's been awesome. He needs to be owned. Justin Herbert, he's 45% owned. And a lot of people didn't pick him up because he had the buy. Go out and get him. 
I mean, if you're really desperate, you can get Derek Carr. He's had 20-plus points in three of four, but he's got the Buccaneers coming up. Running backs, Boston Scott, Miles Sanders' injury. We're not sure if he's going to be available this week. I would guess not. Short week. Scott was terrible in week one in in, uh, the absence of Sanders, but, I mean, we're in the bye weeks, folks, and he got the Giants. J.D. McKissick, Doc talked about him. 22 targets in the last three weeks. He's got the Cowboys coming up, so go get him. Jarek McKinnon is also worth a look because Raheem Mostert got hurt. He's available in about 35% of leagues on ESPN. J.K. Dobbins, if he's been dropped, speculative ad at Gus Edwards, speculative ad. They're on a bye this week. Listen, man, Frank Gore and LaMichael P. Ryan, it's, it's, it's bye weeks. It's injuries. If you're desperate, go ahead and try. Uh, Damian Harris, Gio Bernard, also worth a look off the wire. At wide receiver, Travis Fulgham still not owning 50% of leagues. Go get him, folks. The matchups are very good coming up. And he just beat Pittsburgh and Baltimore. That says something. T. Higgins, 43.8% ownership. Now, these guys aren't available in any of the leagues that we're playing in, but a lot of people out there don't play in competitive leagues like we do. So make sure T. Higgins is not out there. Tim Patrick, very good, 100 yards, uh, and scored, uh, you know, had eight, four catches on eight targets. This is a guy that you can pick up and potentially use during the bye weeks. He has had 100 straight, 100 yards in two straight games. Adam Humphreys is worth a look. James Washington, Marcus Johnson, Zach Pascal, they're on buys this week. So you could pick them up if you want to. Otherwise, maybe you look towards week eight for those players. At tight end, Trey Burton is going to be a guy who's going to be added. But keep in mind, Indy has a bye this week. Uh, Irv Smith Jr. on a bye. Doc says free Irv Smith Jr., I agree with him. Uh, you could pick him up maybe for rest of the season. Darren Fells has a touchdown in two straight games. Anthony Fersker has got Pittsburgh this week. And if Jonu Smith is out, all of a sudden, this guy Fersker is going to have some fantasy relevance. And then Richard Rodgers, if you want to go deep here, Zach Ertz is hurt. We're not sure what the status of Dallas Goddard is coming in. The Eagles have a short week. Richard Rodgers could end up being the number one tight end in Philadelphia against the Giants on Thursday Night Football. Same questions, Doc. Mike ran over a lot of the waiver wire stuff. I don't know if there's anything left to touch on, but your thoughts on Monday Night Football or anything that he missed on the waiver wire? Yeah, I'm interested in watching how Andy Dalton divvies it up with his receivers. I mean, is he going to look for Lamb? Is he going to look for Gallup? I mean, I think he's going to go to Cooper. Uh, Chandler Jones is out for the Cardinals, so that's a, that's a big loss on their pass rush. Uh, for the Cardinals, I'm looking at Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Drake. Who's going to be the guy? I, I want it to be Edmonds because he's looked better, but who knows? Uh, with the Chiefs and Bills, uh, Mecole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, who's going to pick it up when, with Sammy Watkins out? And the Bills, Zach Moss is finally playing. What's his role with Devin Singletary? I'll just mm-hmm. give you a couple of na- waiver wire names. I think Fabs is right about Boston Scott. Look what he did last year against the Giants. It was a pretty good week. I like Gus the Bus. Uh, if Ingram is out for any length of time, Tim Patrick is certainly the name out there at wide receiver. And Trey Burton... Be a week early. Don't be a week late. If, if anybody out there is like, oh, get him next week, get him now because that guy's a difference maker. Ain't no doubt about that. Want to make sure you guys look out for Michael Fabiano. Sit start later this week. Dr. Otto with the waiver wire and the prescription notes and the Ruto visionary plays. For my guys, Michael Fabiano and Dr. Odom, Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, SI Fantasy Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. We are out.